0: Over 118 years of political marriages, failed marriages, tight purse strings and a new religion, the Tudor dynasty had ups and downs, plenty of beheadings and some fiery personalities, beginning in the dark middle ages to a more modern time. So pour your cuppers because this is coffee and a slice of history, the Tudor dynasty. Hey up and welcome to episode eight. Ella here as usual. I hope you're all doing well. If you haven't already, go check out the Instagram page. There will be photos going up. This episode is probably going to be a two-parter. It's going to be slightly longer than the usual episodes. I'll try and split it up as evenly as possible. Anyway, without further ado, I'll get straight on into it. I hope you all enjoy. The Tudor family dynasty started on a battlefield at the Battle of Bosworth when in 1485 Richard III is killed and his competitor, Henry Tudor, is crowned in his place, gaining the title King Henry VII. The Battle of Bosworth was the last major battle in the War of the Roses. This was a civil war between two royal families, the House of York and the House of Lancashire. Richard III being House of York and Henry Tudor the House of Lancashire. Richard III was the last English king to die on a battlefield and he became an easy target for Henry Tudor when he wore his crown to battle. After winning the battle and being crowned Henry VII, he married Elizabeth of York who was also King Richard III's niece so that it would stop the two royal houses from fighting and essentially ending the War of the Roses. Henry Seventh was tight-fisted with his own and the country's money. The so-called palace gossips said that he made his wife, the Queen, wear tin buckles instead of silver because he wouldn't spend the money on the more precious metal. As well as this, he made money out of a battle which was led by a man called Perkin Warbeck. Perkin Warbeck was known as a pretender. Basically, he thought he had a claim to the English throne instead of Henry Tudor. So Warbeck led an army across the country, meaning Henry had to raise and gather an army to defend. Thankfully, Henry's army defeated Warbeck's and the cost of this came to around £13,200 for Henry. So to make the money back, he captured the rebel lords and fined them instead of executing them. In total, the lords coughed up around £14,700 in fines. Henry VII, the crafty, money-making, conscious king, got the money back he spent and then £1,500 extra. During his marriage to Elizabeth of York, Henry VII had eight children. Not all survived into adulthood and four died as children or babies. The eldest child and son, Arthur, was in line to the throne first. As he was the heir to the throne, Arthur was well trained and prepared. For his eventual role of being king. He even married Catherine of Aragon. Catherine was daughter of the king of Spain so this marriage strengthened England's position. Then rather suddenly in 1502 the heir Arthur died of a sweating sickness. This meant that all the time preparing Arthur was wasted as well as politically fuelled marriage to Catherine of Aragon leaving her a widow Therefore, Henry VII set up his second eldest son, Henry, to become king and began to prepare young Henry for the job. He even eventually went on to marry his dead brother's widow. Henry VII's other child, Margaret Tudor, became the wife of King James IV of Scotland in 1503 until her husband died. Then she served as a regent of Scotland, meaning she was appointed to rule Scotland temporarily while her son was too young. Henry VII, second daughter, Mary Tudor, married Louis Twelfth of France and she became queen in 1514. Mary was 18 when she married Louis and the French king was 52. This wasn't a long marriage as Louis Twelfth died three months after tying the knot to Mary. It is reported his death was caused by too much action in the bedroom with young Mary as he had no living sons to take his place despite being in two previous marriages. She then went on to marry Charles Brandon who was the first Duke of Suffolk. Then Henry's wife Elizabeth eventually died after his youngest child Catherine who lived only a day was born. Henry himself then eventually died in 1509, leaving the throne to his newly trained son Henry, who went on to become Henry VIII, the most well-known family member and one of the most well-known English monarchs. Henry VIII's reign for 38 long years, starting in 1509. His main goal during his reign was to produce a male heir so that The Tudor name would be continued and the crown would stay in the family. He married his dead older brother's widowed wife, Catherine of Aragon, in April 1506, three years before he was crowned, and then when he became king, the pressure was on for the couple to produce this much sought-after male heir. In 1511, Henry's wishes were granted when Catherine had Henry Duke of Cornwall, his first born son. However, this was very short lived as the baby boy only lived a few weeks. Then in 1516, Mary was born and was the only surviving child from Henry and Catherine's marriage. Henry and Catherine then went on to have more miscarriages and unsuccessful births and Henry grew tired of Catherine. So after 23 years of marriage, he went on to divorce and separate from her, which opened a whole new can of worms. As Henry and Catherine were Catholics, it meant they couldn't divorce. So Henry, along with his most senior adviser Thomas Cromwell, thought of a plan to start up a new church called the Church of England, based on Protestant ideas from Europe. This meant that Henry would be the head of this new church. Then, on the eleventh of February. 1531, Parliament appointed Henry the supreme head of the Church of England, meaning he could finally get his divorce from Catherine. After his divorce, the 41 year old king went on to marry Anne Boleyn so he could carry on his quest to get a male heir. However, this did not happen, and instead, Anne gave birth to another baby girl, Elizabeth, named after her two grandmothers. When this happened, Henry saw this as a major misfortune. Then, after the same trouble he had with his first wife, Anne Boleyn and Henry went on to have more miscarriages and stillborns. Once again, Henry grew quite tired of this and he believed that Anne could not be forgiven for not giving him a male heir, even though he changed religion for himself and the country. She was beheaded in 1536. Then, in May 1536, Henry VIII was betrothed to Jane Seymour. They then married the same year. Henry and Jane wasted no time in trying to produce a male heir. She decided to go into confinement as well as having the best midwives in the kingdom to ensure no more miscarriages or stillborns. Then finally, she gave birth to a male heir, young Edward. However, the labour for Jane was difficult. It lasted two days and three nights and it was obvious that she was ill. Unfortunately, she died within a few weeks of giving birth to Prince Edward. After she died, for the next three months, Henry wore black every single day. It is said that Jane Seymour was Henry's favourite wife as she was the only one to produce a male heir and when he died, he was buried beside her via his very own request. In between the death of his third wife and the marriage to his fourth, Henry put on a considerable amount of weight. He became obese and was starting to develop diabetes and gout. Henry then married his fourth wife in 1540. Anne of Cleves was born in the Kingdom of Germany and she arrived in England on the 27th of December 1539. However, this was a very short lived marriage and only lasted six months. He divorced from Anne, and she was never crowned queen consort. However, he did give her a generous settlement as part of the divorce. Henry then went on to marry Catherine Howard in 1540. He was 49 and she was just a teenager. However, this marriage also did not last, as it was thought that she was involved with another male courtier while still being married to Henry VIII. By 1541, it was said that the pair were secretly meeting. Because of this scandal, Henry imprisoned Catherine and stripped her of the title as Queen on the 23rd of November, 1541. She was then sentenced for committing treason. Which was a crime punishable by death. She was executed on the 13th of February 1542 at the Tower of London. Finally, Henry went on to marry Catherine Parr. She was the final wife of Henry VIII, and they were married in 1543 until Henry's death on the 28th of February 1547. As well as his marital issues and to have a male heir. Henry's legacy doesn't just start and stop with his wives. An integral part of his legacy was the establishment of the Royal Navy. Henry VIII's father started to build a few warships for the Navy and managed to programme five of them. But by the time Henry VIII died, the Navy had been built up to more than 40 ships. Henry commissioned dockyards to be built on the River Thames and built his first naval dock at Portsmouth. Not only did he commission new boats to be built, he also set up the Navy Board, which was basically the admin win of the Navy. His most prized warship was called Mary Rose. However, it sunk in 1545. It was named after Henry's sister, Mary. Henry watched the Mary Rose sink and it sunk very quickly. It was part of an English fleet of ships trying to stop friendships landing on English soil. However, before it got a chance to fire anything from its cannons, it sunk. Around 700 of the crew drowned and only 30 men were rescued. After Henry VIII died in 1547, his third child and only son, Prince Edward, finally became king at the age of nine and he became known as Edward VI.